A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Welcome to The Chemical Show. I'm Victoria Meyer, the host, and today I am delighted to have with me Melissa Hockstead who is the president and CEO of ACI, the American Cleaning Institute. Melissa became the president and CEO in 2017, so she's been there for four years now. Prior to that, she actually started uh, her career in, in, as an engineer and industry job before she moved on to industry groups and supporting the chemical and plastics industry in places including um, SOCMA and AFPM, and now, of course, as the head of ACI. So... Delighted to have Melissa here on The Chemical Show, and we're going to have a great conversation. So, Melissa, welcome. Thanks for joining. Thank you. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Love the chemical industry, so always happy to talk about it. Absolutely. So, a lot of people are, probably don't really know what the ACI is. So, can you just give us a little background on ACI and, and the role it plays? Sure. So the American Cleaning Institute represents the $60 billion U.S. cleaning products industry value chain. So the members that belong to ACI are companies that make those products that are probably underneath your kitchen sink or in your laundry room to those that make industrial, institutional or healthcare cleaning products, as well as all the companies that make all of the ingredients that go into those products. And ACI is an organization. We've been around for 95 years and we're located in Washington, D.C. And everything we do ties around business, science, sustainability and communications. Very cool. Well, um, 2020 was obviously an interesting year with COVID and um, cleaning products of all varieties um, were certainly highlighted. So, so tell me about, you know, how did uh, COVID and just the pandemic affect ACI itself and ACI's member companies and, and how did this play out in 2020? Yeah, I don't think any of us started 2020 thinking it would go down the pathway that it did. And I can honestly say I just was so proud of the cleaning products industry. I mean, for, from us as an organization, we really had to pivot quickly in terms of what was most important for our members. And first and foremost, it was making sure our member companies were deemed essential business so that the manufacturing facilities could stay open, people could get to those plants, and really producing these critical products. We also had to focus a lot on communications, tons of questions about cleaning products and really doing our part to educate about proper use and just helping people work through some of the questions they had about COVID and cleaning. And I can tell you from the, the member company side of things, they were working 24-7. I mean, really ramped up production quickly. Some of them were building new facilities, but really making sure that all of their customers had the products they needed throughout the year. And of course, 2021 continues. Yeah, it's been quite a journey. What I think is interesting as well is the number of 
new companies that got into the cleaning game. So I think about hand sanitizers in particular, right? So distilleries and small chemical companies and distributors and people that would not normally be in that business jumped in. Was that an area that you guys had any influence in, in terms of kind of just making sure it was done right? I mean, I know there's a lot of standards that you guys have helped support through the years in the industry. Was that an a role that you were able to take part in or did that just kind of happen and you rolled with it? Well, I'd say some of it definitely happened organically. I mean, I think, as you mentioned, the distillers stepping up, for example, to make hand sanitizer. And for us, what we really made sure is we continue to work with the agencies like the Food and Drug Administration who oversee hand sanitizers or the Environmental Protection Agency who deal with disinfectants. Number one, there was a lot of changes going on at the agency level to try to accommodate some of these startups. And for us, it was really important to make sure, number one, the agencies knew we were a resource. And then number two, really helping keep our own members up to speed because things were changing so fast, as you know. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a dynamic year. So one of the things, obviously, that changed for everybody is virtual working, right? So How did that play out in your world? So both from a a virtual perspective with your team, with your companies, and then I know if we fast forward to this year, you guys held your annual meeting virtually. It was a quick change. You know, it's it's interesting. I was looking at the clock, my calendar, and on March 12th of last year, we told everybody, okay, on the 13th, we're just going to do a test case. We want everybody just to go home for the day. We'll be back on a Monday. We'll test all of our IT. So we sent everybody home for what we thought was just a test case. And then on that Monday, the Washington, D.C. government said everybody's going to work from home. So we changed very quickly. Now, I'm fortunate we have a phenomenal head of IT at our organization. We had no issues. Things did move very smoothly. And we were fortunate starting last summer, we were slowly able to bring employees back into the office on a bit of a rotating schedule. So we're still in that hybrid mix of some days you're working from home, some days you're in the office. And you mentioned our, our big event. You know, normally we have a thousand plus person industry event every January in Orlando, and it's it's the biggest around the globe. Well, sure, there's no way we could bring a thousand plus people together safely. So we had to make some changes and, and did it virtually. And we didn't know how it worked, right? I mean, we're all trying these, these new technologies and platforms, and we wanted to have a, a great mix of educational programming, networking kind of in a virtual world, as well as a lot of our committees were meeting. And we were really pleased with how it turned out. We had about 800 attendees at our virtual summit, and a lot of companies took it as a great opportunity to involve colleagues who maybe can't always travel to our annual event in Florida but we're able to get a flavor for ACI and and maybe they hadn't really worked with us much in the past just to help build knowledge and understanding, which I thought was phenomenal. That is awesome. Yeah. I know I've had the opportunity to attend ACI several times and it's always the annual event and it's always a great event. And I can see we're bringing, uh, bringing some new people in and the virtual format is really helpful. Um, So I've seen, you know, you seems like you guys have a lot of different things on your agenda. How do you guys play into this? So when we talk about kind of current uh, trends in the chemical industry, you know, a couple of things that certainly come to mind is sustainability, digitalization. How does ACI play into that or support its member companies? Yeah, so maybe we'll start with sustainability. That's actually one of our four core strategic pillars. 
And ACI has been working in the sustainability space for 15 years. So it's not something that's new to us. It's something that's really ingrained in who we are as an organization. And so for us, what was interesting was about two years ago, we worked with our leadership to really take a step back and say, where do we want to go as ACI and really help our members? And I was really proud of our, our board and our leadership. They said, you know what? We need to be defining and driving what this means for our industry and taking bold collective action. So not just like things that might be easy, but really pushing the industry. And so for us, what we did with sustainability is we have it under this umbrella of uniting for a cleaner world. And elements of that include tr increased transparency, really communicating more about our industry, our products, reducing emissions, which is really also very important with the new Biden administration, focusing on valuing nature, and that can be everything from what we're doing with packaging or water usage, and then really trying to align what we do with the UN's sustainable development goals. So that's kind of given us the framework. And then we've been able to build off of that in terms of where we want to push the industry, how are we going to track our progress, and how do we know if we're going to be successful? Cool. That's really cool. It is a it is a big topic. And I know certainly from an industry perspective, things like biosurfactants and stuff have also had a big role to play um, in that. So I think, you know, you're, you and your companies leading that is uh, super helpful. So you mentioned the Biden administration, and I think this is, you know, it's still early days. Uh, you guys are in Washington. You're obviously at the um, kind of an intermediary in many ways between the government and the member companies and the, the needs and the directions of that. Um, what do you see happening? What are you watching for? What do the early indicators say? How do you guys uh, treat this new administration as you go forth in your agenda? Yeah, so I would say it's a whole new ball game, right? We've got a new administration. We've got democratic control of Congress. And we really think that there's this hunger for stability and progress on issues that matter to us to make sure that businesses and marketplaces thrive. Now, ACI is an organization. We've always had a history of working in a bipartisan manner with lawmakers and regulators. And people you know, will say, well, are you Democratic or Republican or red or, or blue? And we say, well, our job is we have to work with whomever's in charge. We always have to work with both sides of the aisle. So for us, it's really important to make sure that the new administration knows we're a source of information and expertise, and we'll continue to engage with the key agencies that really do a lot with our industry, you know, EPA, FDA, Consumer Product Safety Commission. So, you know, we're, we're excited. I mean, we've been busy, as you might imagine, you know, with just all these new faces and changes. I think we'll also see faces that are familiar, right? So at the Environmental Protection Agency, some of the names that are getting mentioned for the higher level positions are people who had been in Washington during the Obama administration. So I think it'll be a mix of some new, some familiar. And we just really have been focused on ramping up what we're doing in these spaces, you know, bringing on some new staff, working in slightly different ways than we had in the past. So it will, it'll definitely be an interesting year, as you mentioned. I bet. I bet. So one of the things I'm always really interested in is leadership. So you know, a couple of questions here for you. One, you came into the ACI four years ago as the leader of this organization, following somebody who'd been there for 20 plus years, Ernie Rosenberg, right? So it's not easy to come in with after somebody who had been there for so long, who was so well established in his relationships and whether it was inside or outside. So 
how did you handle that transition? How, what, and, and here you are, you've been four years in, it seems to be a successful four years. How did you approach this as a leader? What, what was important to you? What have you found has been really effective in managing that? Yeah, so I think, you know, when I came in, one of the first things I did my first month on the job is I, I met with every single member of the board of directors. And I said, what's important to you that we maintain that you don't want to lose? And one of the things I can say is Ernie did a great job with the team. You know, I was really, when I came on board, I, I had a phenomenal team. I have a phenomenal team. And I really am very appreciative of that. And then I also asked each of the board members, what do you want to see that we change? I mean, what, what really matters? And that helped get, give me the framework of what was really important to them. And what I appreciated was that the membership was open to some new ways of doing things, some new ideas. And also, I'm always very receptive of, I don't have all the answers. Help me figure this out. And so I was able to work with our board of directors on really fine-tuning what our purpose is as an, or, as an organization and also developing and putting in place a brand new strategic plan. So I think sometimes organizations, you create a plan, it maybe sits in a drawer somewhere, you don't actually use it. And so I wanted to make sure the board was invested in what we were doing and where we were headed, uh, working with our leaders and of course the ACI collective team because we're the ones that are having to implement it. So I think that helped give us a nice structure and I also think what we did was important to prioritize because danger of trade associations is you say yes to everything and suddenly you're working on 60, 70 different things. And so we really were very thoughtful on how would we prioritize and figure out what were the issues that mattered most where we were going to put more of our resources? What were the issues that maybe some other organization was leading and we could support them? And then what were those areas that maybe served us well but it was time to say farewell. And I think that helped give us some guidance as, as, as well. That makes a whole lot of sense. And I think the other interesting piece that you, you, know, you mentioned, you talk about the board of directors, which changes regularly, right? So, and I think this is always a challenge for, is how do you adapt to that evolving leadership, right? So I think people sometimes struggle with, you know, is there a new regime coming in or just even how do you influence this new board? So what have you found to be successful with that? Yeah. So I think one of the things right off the bat when I started is it's probably my fourth week on the job was my first board meeting. And at the meeting, I said, look, I have 25 brilliant people sitting around the table. So my expectation is that you're not just not here to sit and hear updates. I really need you engaged and involved. So for me, really setting expectations up front about what I'm looking for from them. And you're absolutely right. Yes, there is turnover on our board. And, and I always tell my team, the turnover happens because members of the board are getting promoted to newer levels within their company or they retire. It just, you know, it happens. So I really do a very thoughtful job in terms of how I onboard new members. And then one of the things we actually implemented this year is I'll call it a buddy system. So pairing up one of my new board members with a veteran board member who can really give that company perspective about how to engage and how to really maximize the time and energy that you put into the ACI board. And that's really worked out very well. Yeah, makes sense. That's awesome. So prioritization. Prioritization is difficult when you are inside a single company um, with a allegedly aligned point of view. And it's really difficult when you've got, you know, 50 plus companies who maybe have different priorities. Um, how do you make that work? What's your, you know, is there one secret to success with this? Well, I, I think there's no one secret to success and it probably always varies based on, you know, the organization. So for us, what has worked really well is 
So we actually have an annual prioritization process, and it is a mix of quantitative and qualitative data. So that kind of speaks really well with our members. So we are able to use data from our annual member survey where members tell us what's important to them. We have another data point where one of our key committees who oversees a lot of what ACI is doing, so they really have a good handle on, you know, whether it's government affairs or sustainability. And I basically tell them, you got 100 points. I want you to divvy up that 100 points with what matters most to you. And we take all of that data as well. And then we also try to really focus in on issues where ACI can play a unique role. You know, what's the return on investment if we're going to put the effort in? And what's the chance of success? Because you don't want to put the time into it if you really understand it's not going to move the issue anywhere. So we put this formal present, uh, process in place and it's worked really well. I mean, so that gives us kind of the structure for our budgeting and the start of the year. Now, as you know, issues emerge, things you never could have planned for come up. Yes, they do. Yeah. And so when that happens, we work with our board to really figure out, is this emerging issue something that's really ratcheted up and is really high on our priority list? And if that's the case, where are we going to make some changes? Because you can't do everything. And so not necessarily, you know, the secret for success, but it's worked really well for ACI. And also when companies say, well, how did you determine you're going to work on issue X? It's not just me saying, oh, I've pulled this out of thin air, right? It's a very clear process, one we can share with them. And that just helps with their understanding as well. Yeah. Gets a lot of buy-in through the process, it sounds like, which is always critical. That's awesome. So with that, then, you know, what are your top three priorities this year? Yeah. Number one for us is the overall issue of ingredient communication. So over the last decade plus, I mean, the chemical the cleaning products industry has really done a lot to increase the availability of information about what's in the actual products. And so we found a few years ago, the state of California put some legislation in place about what they will require online and on the package itself. New York's talking about doing something slightly differently. And so we are really ramping up our investment on federal ingredient communication legislation. So instead of 50 different states doing 50 different things, making sure we have one policy across the country really to to minimize confusion for consumers, but also to add that certainty for the companies that produce it. So ingredient communication is, is top of the list. Sustainability, we talked about that continues to be something really important for our members. And so this year, we'll be working more on I'd say, the climate and packaging space, so that will really continue to be critical. And then another area we talked about, topical antiseptics, which would be hand sanitizers, consumer hand wash, and hand rub. Again, just in this current environment, we just know how critical that is for the industry. Yeah, makes sense. That's awesome. Um, and and does, I've seen that recently about the Safer Choice program. So does that tie into that first one, ingredient communications, or is that something different? It's slightly different, but there's a little bit of a connection. So through, as you mentioned, through the Environmental Protection Agency, there's the Safer Choice program where you can get ingredients basically approved through Safer Choice. And it sort of helps out in terms of what companies have to report. It's, it's a program that ACI has been very supportive for the last number of years. Now, in probably like the last year or so, there's been some changes in the Safer Choice program, some reduction in staffing and resourcing. And so We've really been pressing with the new Biden administration how important it is to increase the resourcing, increase the staffing, because it is so critical for the cleaning product supply chain. So one final question, maybe I reserve the right for another question. But so, you know, this is a big job that you're in, right? You are very visible, um, both 
externally with your member companies, internally with ACI, a lot on your plate. What do you do outside of ACI? <laughs> you know, because there's got to be more to life than the job. So, you know, what's outside the job? What's your, you know, priorities or favorite things when you step away from the desk? Yeah, so I, I'm totally with you. And I, it's funny, the last question I always do when I interview people is I say, what do you do for fun? Because, you know, work is important, but there's more to it. So for me personally, I'd say it's probably two things. One, I love to travel. And the, the last 12 months have been really tough because like everybody else, oh yeah, I got a curtail where you can go. So my husband and I are already starting to pull together our list of when it is safe to travel again, where would we go? So love to travel. I just really like learning about different cultures, seeing different things, and just being in places different than Washington, D.C. And then the other thing is just, I love being active. So here in Washington, there's so many opportunities, whether it's hiking or biking, but really just making sure I'm getting my exercise in versus, uh, as you know, especially in this virtual world, sitting all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I um, I am definitely looking forward to traveling. When you do it all the time, you think you're not going to miss it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, really, my suitcase is lonely. My passport is empty. It's time to go do something. I am looking forward to that again. Awesome. Well, Melissa, thank you. Thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this conversation. I think the audience is going to love it. Tell me, where can they uh, learn more about ACI? How do they connect with ACI? How do they connect with you? So I, I would always recommend, of course, our fabulous website, so cleaninginstitute.org. And then, of course, follow us on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. We really just try to make it as easy and accessible as possible. And I, I do just want to say, you know, I am so proud of the cleaning products industry, just everything that they do each and every day, but especially over the last 12 months, they just have been so phenomenal and have really stepped up. And it just continues to make me proud to be a part of the cleaning products industry and the chemical industry overall. So really kudos to them. Absolutely. And that is a great way to end this. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. And thanks for listening to The Chemical Show. Thank you. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.